Hey everyone, and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about The Handmaid's Tale Season 2, Episode 2. It is called Unwoman. Full spoilers for the episode, as always. So this shifted us uh, a little bit in terms of focus. Uh, we actually we went to Emily, aka the original of Glenn, uh, yes. <laughs> who we now see the colonies, and Marissa Tamai shows up out of nowhere. Now, not completely out of nowhere, I remembered hearing that she was a guest star in season two, but I'd forgotten about it, so when she popped up in this episode, I went, that looks like Marissa Tamai. A couple of seconds passed. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> it is Marissa Tomai. Uh So, you know, uh, that's, that's the thing. So so we get that, we get flashbacks, but not for not for June, we get them for Emily this episode, yeah. and we get her backstory. We, we'd, and we'd heard pieces of this... You know, yeah. just, uh, just of her family, of her home life, uh, you know, in season one when she was around. But we actually get to see this a lot more. So a big theme of this episode is, is certainly because she was gay and how they were treated specifically uh, as all this stuff was going down. And there's actually there's a neat little reference in the flashback to the thing that just happened in Washington, which places it right after the flashback of the last episode, which I thought was cool. Yeah, I was like, she was oh, what just happened in DC? I was like... Oh, okay, so that's some timeline for me. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if, like, when the show's done, let's say it goes five seasons, if we can, like, make, like, a puzzle and put all the, the flashbacks in order. Flashbacks in chronological order, I'm sure yeah. you could. Uh, yeah, I bet there'll be, like, a... Not an extra, because it would take up too many discs, but, like, the chronological version of The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not the news stuff, but just all the flashbacks, like, edited into order as, like, a, a story of everything falling apart. If not, someone will do it on YouTube, don't worry. Well, maybe not YouTube, they'll get... Uh, yeah, well, you know, they'll yeah. go on YouTube first, and then... They'll get taken down, and then someone will just find it in the, yeah, the dark web somewhere, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that, that was very much the theme. We had a couple of notable guest stars in this one. A lot of most, I mean, most to my, of course, first and foremost, big name. Uh, but on top of that, we had John Carroll Lynch, who we saw in uh, Channel Zero Season 2 most recently. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in the flashbacks, as was uh, Emily's wife, played by Clea Duvall, um, who, of course, was in uh, The Grudge... Yeah. To Argo. Yeah. And the hit television show Buffer the Vampire Slayer. Oh, no, there we go. I was waiting for it. I wanted to keep thinking of other things she'd been in, because I've definitely seen her in more, but I wanted to keep it going and going and going. And then... Yeah. Actually, I think she was in Better Call Saul at one point. I think, I think she was a doctor in Better Call Saul. Maybe I'm thinking of another show. I mean, she might have been. I mean, there's a small enough part. Yeah, no, no, no spoilers. But just there was a point where Chuck was in the hospital and Saul was talking to a doctor. I feel like that was her in my head. But I could be just. Making I mean, this I, up. I remember when you're talking about. I can picture yeah. the scene, but I don't necessarily picture her face. But that doesn't mean it wasn't her. Yeah. So, so there you go. Um, so, so, so we have a bunch of noble guest stars, and that's a big focus of the episode. We see that in the colonies. Emily's kind of become the the nurse uh, of the group just because she has some you know she, she's she's not a, a doctor in that sense she, she she's like a a, a, a lecturer she's a professor a microbiologist university yeah so she obviously has some basic skills but that is not her expertise she's just kind of making do because no one else can yeah uh, and she's going around helping them and it's you know this hard labor uh, they're basically there like dying slowly and they're just forced to work until they can't anymore. I think what's impressive to me is we spent a long time being told just how horrendous the colonies were, how it's this really slow, agonizing death. And, you know, it, it was built up so much that I kind of thought we were never going to see it because it's mm. it's hard to, to live up to it. But to its credit, it, it doesn't feel like it was oversold. 
Yeah, I think the most obvious thing to compare it to, not not so much, um, not so much the the work to death aspect, but in every other way, it very much reminds me of concentration camps. Yeah, like in any yeah. movie I've ever seen a concentration camp from from you know Nazi Germany, I feel like this is very similar in how it feels. Oh yeah, yeah. But, you know, with all the, all the people with guns, they've been forced to work. Uh, the way they're all sort of having these horrible conditions, the, you know, the water's tainted, like everything else. Uh, by the way, this is two episodes, in a, two episodes in a row of this show that has done something to make me go, ugh. You, you're not a fan of the fingernail? Nails being peeled off like that, I'm not a fan of, no. Do you know what? That used to really bother me. And then I think it just, there, there was a time where I feel like people were like, oh yeah, that'll get them. And I saw it in quite a few Too places much. over a few months and I'm just, okay, it doesn't bother me anymore. Uh, it still makes me squirm a bit although I'm getting sick of me squirming and you not so basically now I'm asking them for episode 3 lots of syringes and lots of eyes please hey it might happen <laughs> it might happen not given this show uh, so we see that and Mercy Tamai is this new person who's shown up and they all hate her they spit in her face like, all the other like you know the uh, the women who are there um, and it's like okay why 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 and it quickly becomes apparent she wasn't a handmaid no. She, was, she was a commander's wife, and mm. now she's here because she had an affair. That's why she's here. Uh, so they all hate her guts, like they're there. And over the course of the episode, it's like Emily's being a little bit more kind to her. Just these little things here or there. Like she's just being a little bit nice. She moves the nail. She gives her some medical advice. But then it takes a dark freaking turn. Yeah, it does. Because here's the thing, because like, at one point she says, hey, a uh, uh, mistress once did something nice for me. And we kind of saw that in season one. We saw that her mistress was kind of nice to her. For, for she, she was, c- yeah. C- in comparison to what Serena Joy gets up to with, with, with June. It was, you she, know. she was treated with a modicum of respect, given the yeah. positions. And so okay, so so when she said that, it kind of made some sense. At the so same little, time, yeah. the whole situation is awful as shit, but at least the statement made sense on its own. There, there was a plausibility to it. Yeah. And then she, she's getting sick really quickly. And she's like, I didn't realise I'd get sick this quick. And she she gives her like some antibiotics, right? And here was any any touch that I liked here is that when she gives her directions, I was like, oh yeah, I've had that antibiotics before. That's the, that's exactly the directions I had as well. Uh, they, they did their research here, I guess, is what, what I'm saying. I mean, uh, it's, it's not much for antibiotics, is it? Well, it's not. I mean, yeah, most people have had to take them at some point in their life. Uh, but it was a nice touch because it's, it's exactly the sort of little detail they might just flub yeah i get it yeah. i thought like it's the sort of thing you could rattle off your head you know two pills four hours apart you know three or four times a day yeah yeah uh but the big twist at the end is that she didn't give her antibiotics she gave her something else and she's she's killed her that she's dying yeah it was uh, poison essentially and for she basically all, for all intents and purposes yeah and she sits down you know she's, she's lying on the floor she's like in pain and she, she just leans over and says like you think you could ever be forgiven you know, when you held back the handmaid and your husband raped her every month, like, that can't be forgiven. Mm. And mm. that's it. And, you know, they all got up the next morning and, and like, uh, presumably Emily, maybe some of the others, have put her on a cross outside. And, you know, obviously the the, 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 the ants who are there with the gas mask. Notice how they've all got gas masks for this condition, but all the, all, all the workers are all just... Yeah, well, I mean, for them it's a death sentence. It's just, well, yeah. you might as well work while you die. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so, no, that was a really dark twist. And it was... But at the same time, as much as it was plausible before, you can't blame her or, like, say it's not justified or say that you don't understand the motivation once she actually reveals that, that she's poisoned her. Honestly, my biggest disappointment is maybe that they actually just killed her. It seems like it's 
e- the easy way out once they're here. Like, if she mm. just made her, like, kept her pretty sick, but then she still had to go and work, that seems like a much better punishment. Um... Like, I- I'm just thinking even, you know, like, before uh, when Aunt Lydia was saying, you know what, you yeah. should have just stoned her because now she's going to have to do it for a really painful, suffering death, you know, this long forced labour until she drops. I, I think it's twofold. I think, one, they don't want her to be around because they just hate her that much. And two, I think if because of how sick she made her, I think very quickly the ants would notice how sick she is and they'd maybe just kill her quickly anyway. Yeah, maybe. So, so they wanted to make the statement by saying, we did this and put her out on display. You know, it was a That's statement fair. more than anything else. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a fair like point to bring up, but I, I think yeah, that's... I just like I get that you know the statement thing does make sense, but given how vindictive it actually ultimately was, I feel like you know that that, that seems almost generous. Maybe, yeah, maybe in an odd way though, that that's showing that as as vindictive as this is, they aren't as vindictive as they are. As as the mistresses, yeah, because no, it almost is a mercy in some ways. Because yeah. yeah, she's she's only suffering for what twelve hours a day. Yeah, well, for one day, yeah. Yeah, yeah, twelve hours to a day, roughly. You know, oh, sure. Is, is I, I think it's a day, and I'm like, no, it's just one day. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, no. Everyone else is suffering twelve hours a day. Yeah, no. I meant she's suffering. You know, from <laughs> yeah. from when she starts to get sick to death, it's about you know between twelve hours and a day or so. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so, so now that that that, that worked, and obviously the flashbacks, uh, we see that she's uh, she could good teacher. There's a, there's a moment where like this guy in the crowd kind of tries to mansplain one of the other students. Um, and she sort of takes the student to the side at the end. Hey, like, don't don't let that get you down. Like, that will keep happening. But you know, you're smart. You're in the class because you deserve to be here, and so yeah. on. I, I appreciate that she called out in the class as well. She's mm-hmm. like, nah, studies have just just shown that thing you've just said completely wrong. Yeah, yeah, because he he tries to like, no, no, that, that's not right because of this. The studies say this, and then she goes, no, actually, there's been new studies that prove this wrong. She kind of shoots them down a little bit, and I like that because it's like. You didn't necessarily make a whole big speech about mansplaining. You just made them feel like shit for it. <laughs> yeah, it was. So. You know, it's one thing to to take them aside at the end and talk to them, mm. but to to you know do that in front of the class, I think it's much more satisfying. Yeah, yeah, and it's like he he should have hopefully learned his lesson not to be a a snide little shit about being right all the time. Pretty much a lesson you could learn actually. Uh, I'm never gonna learn it. And not not, not with women, just just in general. With uh, you, you can keep trying, but it's just not gonna happen. You're correct, corrective little shit. Anyway, I am. Uh, so, so, but then the, the dark side to this is though is that I mean we don't know if it's the student herself who was getting the advice here because she seemed to like her teacher. But <laughs> later on, like we hear this, like we, we our boss uh, played by uh, uh, John Lynch, uh, Dan, his character. He's like you know her su- su- superior, and he's like, oh by the way, you're going to get more lab time. And she's like, oh that's great, but uh, but because of that, you'll be doing less teaching. And she's like, wait, 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 wait a minute! Like you're taking me out of the class, like you're taking my job, and you're trying to like dress it up with hey, but you're getting loud time, you're doing something else, and then like she keeps digging as to why, and it's like, do you have a photo of your family on your phone? It's like, well, yeah, of course I do. I got my wife and my daughter. He's like, yeah, well, someone saw it, and uh, it's been deemed like you know, there's this the ministry of like you know the trickle down from up top is basically that's inappropriate, uh, so we're taking you away from the public eye, and. You know, she she like accuses him quite harshly of of like you know she doesn't quite say homophobia because that wouldn't make sense given what we find out in a second because at first we don't know he's gay as well yeah um because it, it turns into this discussion of like you know I thought my my generation was the last to put up with this bullshit yeah she she kind of just mentions hey I noticed you took down all the all the pictures of Paul from your office you remember the husband's name that's amazing gone yeah I, I don't know <laughs> it, just, it was there 
And uh, yeah, and it was just like he's like, yeah, yeah, I did because I I quite like to keep living, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that goes back to him saying that his generation had to put up with this, so he kind of like had to survive through it in the first place. So he, as, he's as much as he's willing to go back to it, just because it's he he's he's done it once, he can do it again. Yeah, it's not so much that he likes having to do it, but he just understands, or he at least remembers what he had to do back then. Mm. Um, and because he even says, "Oh, your generation," because we all hated your generation at first, because we thought, "Oh, you you all have it easy compared to us," uh, yeah. because you're of this you, new you generation. You didn't have the struggles that we did. Yeah. Um, so no, that was an interesting conversation. I thought. Uh, I, I feel like, I feel like I've not seen many conversations in a movie or a TV show where it's like two generations of gay characters, like kind of, and the older one kind of like talking about how it's different for them. Like I feel like I've not had that as often as other. No, no, it's true. Other situations, um, and then we see, of course, they they're trying to get out of the country. Her wife's Canadian. They're trying to get to the airport, and basically. The the ace guy at the front is quite nice about it. He's like, "Oh, you bought your marriage certificate. That was a good. That was a good thinking bringing this because this will maybe let you get through." Yeah, he can't just let them through because. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. That's that's not his responsibility. So he goes, "Right, go get it stamped, and you know, you'll yeah. that that'll let it through." Yeah, but then of course they go to get it stamped and they get grilled and basically told that they don't recognise this document anymore and and like and I wasn't sure to read this as was the guy at the front just not wanting to be the bad guy so he just made it sound like it was, it was going to be okay so he didn't have to deal with the commotion or like or two other options one it changed so quickly since he sent them through that it's gotten worse or th- option three is that everyone else like past him is just much worse than he is yeah I think I don't think it's actually changed officially yet yeah okay That's, because you know, when, when you know when they say you know what what's the rule that says we can't do this you know that says it's invalid that we're not married and he says the, the, you know oh it's the law and then they go to which law like going okay well, okay if it was amended if there was a new law what was it he just says the law yeah the and it really law felt, it really emphasized the the right so it really feels like no no this is okay this is the personal vindictiveness it's yeah. not actually a, a written law that's denouncing the at least not yet yeah. anyway i mean i'm yeah, sure yet. but by the time we get to gilead i'm sure uh oh absolutely but i don't think in that in moment i think it was the movement that was you know clearly happening wanted yeah. it denounced but i don't think it happened officially yet but he was just abusing his position of power to do it anyway yeah, so we get this heartbreaking sort of, you know, exit. And there was actually a point where they were kissing each other and I was like, I was actually worried that one of the, the ace guards or something were going to come up and like hit them or something for kissing in public. Uh, but we get this heartbreaking sort of goodbye. And because this is like playing out throughout the episode, as we get towards the, the reveal that she's actually killing the, the you know, the, 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 the wife, Marissa Tamai's character, I'm like, man, you're actually like really like building up the justification over of why she hates them so much. Why, mm. you know, everything that's been taken... Because um, obviously, I mean, as always, this show does a good job of making you feel like absolute garbage <laughs> inside. Like, you, there's no hope for the world. It's pretty much its signature move. It is. Um, but then there's little flickers of hope. And I don't think there's any hope in her plot this episode. But hopefully she finds some hope soon. Of course, the big thing at the end is, because obviously at the start we see the bus pull up. And that's when Marissa Tamai gets off. At the end as well, the bus pulls up. And I'm like, oh, someone's going to step off that bus, we know. Um and for, for some reason, it never clicked to me because we knew someone was getting sent here. <laughs> it never clicked that it was going to be Janine. Yeah, did, did it not? No, for some reason, it just never occurred to me until she stepped off the bus and I went, oh, okay, yeah, Janine's here. So now we have two characters at the colonies. So it makes even more sense now to follow these two. Like, maybe not every episode, but I can see he's coming back here you know, a couple of times throughout the season. I hope so, because I'm not going to lie, I kind of found this side of things more interesting than June this episode. For this episode, yeah, I, I agree with mm-hmm. that. 
So, uh, like, not to say I don't want more of June's box. Obviously, I do, but I hope this is a a continuing thing. I, th- I think it will be. Uh, I think this is like one of these things. Like, I, I think maybe in the book, I imagine there probably wasn't much of the actual colonies, and that's one of the things that are exploring with season two. Uh, hence why we're just kind of getting to it now. Uh, but it did build up the intrigue and mystery a little bit. And now that we have two main characters who are kind of come here, it's okay, we have people who can play off of each other and, uh, you know, have, have the story develop in that way. So, June side of things, she she actually gets transported to uh, what turned out to be the, the, the Boston Globe, uh, the, the newspaper office, which has now been abandoned, but you can see, like, you know, all the printing presses in the, the basement, and then there's all the boxes of newspapers everywhere. And... Um, some of my favourite stuff in this was actually her just wandering about the building and kind of, you know, searching. Uh, it was very, it almost, is the first time the show's really felt post-apocalyptic because it's like, it's like a scene in like a post-apocalyptic movie where the building's been abandoned and she's seeing the remnants, the family photos, the, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff on the desk and it just, it had that feeling to it. I, th- I think it's because obviously last season, most of the time we were inside the, the city and it was all, you know, it had this nice clean front. Yeah, the, the heavy and- controlled areas, yeah. Right, and the few times we ventured out, you know, to the club and stuff, it was always, oh, she's in the car, she's accompanied. You never got to just see the world I get like go, this. Again, going back to what we keep saying about the direction, it's only if she sees it that we get to see it. So yeah. this makes complete sense. And I, th- I thought all that stuff was really well shot, had this nice eerie empty feeling to it. And I thought it did neat little things, like the whole thing where she sees the one shoe up at the desk, and then when she does go into the basement where they've all been, like, slaughtered and massacred by a firing squad and or hung, uh, you see the other shoe, and it, it's like it tells a story in two parts. It's really simple, but it tells yeah. the story that this woman was dragged from her desk and then brought down here and killed. And you really get that. Um, and of course, there's other moments like when Nick shows up and she's like so terrified that it's someone coming to get her, and she's ready to bash him in the head with a hammer. Uh, and you, you know, like it's building up to it just being Nick or someone friendly. Like it just it has that yeah, feeling to it. I think it's because yeah, we're we're waiting because obviously we know he's brought her here. And we're like, okay, so. She's gonna have some. If it wasn't him, it was gonna be the next part of the chain. Yeah, and you know, you see, and because also one of the things that's been lost is uh, like all the city names. Like, I mean, most of the people didn't even know what city they were in. They were, they were, they guessed they were in Boston, but they weren't sure. You know, June yeah. probably had a better idea because she seems to have actually come from Boston. Um, but you know, you see, like here, clearly, like you know, Boston flags and you know various things like around the office and. Just, just the idea of all the things that have been lost. I, I feel like that's the big theme of this episode more than anything else is the world that was lost when all this stuff happened. Uh, all, all down to her finding a Friends DVD and watching an episode of Friends and they ponied up for her. <laughs> like, I guess a clip. Yeah, I mean, short clip, but it counts. That does. I don't think Friends comes cheap. That's what I'm saying. Probably not because, I mean, it, uh, it, it's everywhere and everyone loves it. So... You know, they get to charge what they want. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and of course, the the clip she's watching is a, a jokey bit about uh, pleasing pleasing a woman in bed. It's just a clip with uh, Monica and uh, what else what? Rachel, Monica and Rachel, uh, basically listing all the the the, hit, the points in the woman's body you're supposed to hit during sex to achieve achieve all your goals. And Chandler being kind of like shocked by it. And it's like, and I'm using clip in the context of this because this is all stuff that no one's allowed to talk about anymore. <laughs> Yeah, uh, especially the idea is, is there is nothing that's supposed to be it's about giving a woman pleasure, which is the, the yeah. point of the Friends clip. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and Chandler, being an idiot, uh, is sucked at it and doesn't know what to do, and he wants to learn and be better, which is like the total opposite of like 
Yeah, whereas you know, this other, they don't care. Just whatever. Uh, so, so, so you've got that. You've got everything else. The fact that the the end credits plays like the audio commentary from when uh, the Red Sox won the World Series for the first time in however God knows how long. Um, I think it said ninety five years. That sounds I'm, about right. Maybe I'm wrong on that one. Um, I was familiar with this big like sort of end of the 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 the. the, the you know the, the dry spell, but uh, mainly from Lost because that was like a character beating Jack for for Jack yeah, and Lost. Hell of a dry spell, isn't it? Ninety five years. It's a hell of a dry. Not not as much as the Cubs, which almost matched the uh, the Back to the Future two prediction. But yeah, yeah. Hey, I I, I wasn't really familiar with this one, but um, whatever. I, no, I don't care about. The, basically, what happened in Lost, without getting too spoiler for the, the plot of the show, uh, there was like part of Jack's flashbacks where. That his dad used to say to him, "Oh, that's why the Red Sox will never win the World Series." That was like one of the phrases that he always said, because they hadn't never done it in their lifetimes, his lifetime, you know, never mind Jack's. Yeah. And uh, after a couple of seasons, uh, to prove that the, the people on the island to prove that they had contact with the outside world, brought in like a TV and showed the the winning game of the World Series, which just so happened to happen like after season one, I lost. Like it just it just so happens that that happened, so they they were able to use it in plot. Like, hey, this happened. That's cool. And then they presumably didn't believe it, because it's like, that would never happen. <laughs> uh, so it's just funny that that did that, and then Back to the Future's prediction that the Cubs would win the, the World Series in 2015. I mean, they were a year off, but that is... It's pretty damn close, isn't it? It's, 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 it's scary close. But hey, so... Um, so yeah, the idea that we've lost things, and at first she's like desperate to get out of there. She's you know she's, she's like, hey Nick, give me your gun and your keys. I'm I'm leaving and blah blah blah. Uh, well actually, he, she doesn't ask for the gun. He offers the gun uh, yeah. because she's going to leave, uh, and he knows it's futile. And he and she kind of realizes this at the last second. She kind of you know she stares at the truck. She's opened the door. She's ready to go, but she's like you know shit. No, I can't. And she comes back. Uh, but then in a, in a way to like, get back something and to feel control of something, because she feels so helpless, right? Even though she's free, she still feels that she's trapped in this world. And she, so she takes control. So not only do they have sex, like she, she actually gets kind of forceful in some way. She like grabs his hair. She's like, you know, she's the one feeling dominant uh, in the scene. And that plays out. In fact, it actually cuts ahead and they're still having sex. The implication, and he even makes a joke that he can't do it again. He's like, no, I like, like, like I'm done. Yeah, and she's and like, no, she goes for it anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I mean it's an amusing little cut, but it, like again, it's it plays really well for a character. And then after this, she, she's watching some friends, and then she decides to gather up uh, personal items from all the deaths, and she goes down to where they were all killed, and she makes like a, a little monument out of a memorial wall. Well, yeah, basically. Um, and obviously, there's at one point she, like one of the deaths had like a pride flag, and she you see, and it, that nicely links it to the other plot in the episode. But there's also lots of other people and everything else, and it's. The whole idea that she's kind of in some small way taking it back, like no, 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 like, like no one else might care, but I remember these people. I care about these people, even if I never met them. And it's, that's the ending of the episode. It's a really sweet kind of little ending. Again, the show makes you feel like shit, but then it'll just do a little bit to like, and you understand why it makes her feel a little bit better that she's done this, and you feel a little bit better because she has done it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think this episode is intentionally with her kind of just no, she's in this building, she's on her own, and she's dealing. This is the first time she's really had to actually just like sort of sit and actually think about everything that's happened to her because she's always been in so much danger and so much turmoil and so much... Yeah, it's always been just in the moment. Yeah, whereas this is the first time she's had to sort of sit sit down and just reflect, really reflect and see, like, not just what happened to her but what happened to everyone and I think that's why this was intentionally, no, we're focusing on the other plot this episode and her plot this one is a bit more subdued and just... uh, I feel like her stuff is going to spin up into more stuff uh, Mm. come, come next episode, so... 
Yeah. Uh, uh, most likely, she's still as much as we're introducing you, know, uh, Emily as as a, you know, a second main character. June's still our focus, at least for now. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I don't think anything will change that. And I also expect we'll see a lot more of Serena Joy and you know Fred and their search for June. Yeah. I expect to get more of that in the coming episodes as well. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that they put these two episodes out together because obviously you know they they make the choice as to how many they're putting out at once. Because mm. on, on, obviously we got three last season and you know only the two this season. I think it's interesting that we got the the first one, which we kind of said kind of felt like a prologue, and then this one that goes okay, no, we're widening the field of view as well. We're not just focusing on June; we're bringing in the others. I mean, arguably, I'd say kind of like the first episode focuses mainly on June, and then the second episode focuses mainly on Emily. And they're, they're kind of saying yeah. those are two main focal points for the season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. It's kind of, again, it's kind of a statement as to this is what we're doing. This is the this is yeah. us laying down the plan. So, uh, so no, and I I feel like. I mean, if I was picking between the two, I, yeah, I like the first one a bit more, but I mean, it's like... I'm torn. I think the first one's a tighter episode overall, mm-hmm. but I do like the Emily stuff here a lot more. I think if I think this one's a little bit uneven, because I found myself going, oh, I want more of that one. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, we'll get back to June for a little bit here or there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, get, stop pulling me away from the thing I'm getting into. Um... Sure. Uh, I just think the, the 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 high points of episode one just hit even more for me. The excitement of those high points of her escaping of the of all the the hanging stuff at the start of like all, all you know the end where she finally burns her outfit like all that stuff was really big like you know like really big moments for the show especially given all the build up we've had to these moments. Uh, whereas this this episode was more resetting the table. This was okay. Here's the new things for this season. Here's like okay, here's where June is now. Here's yeah. where Emily's been and building these new blocks. And I'm sure we'll. We'll see more stuff, and I expect we'll see probably see more Clea Duval and her daughter, um, in Canada maybe at some point. Kind of like how we saw like eventually in Canada last season. Yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised if we did. If not, well, I'm sure we'll get some more flashbacks with them. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, some before, some after. Just kind of like how Junes have been jumping around, depending on how yeah. many we get. So, uh, no, it's it's, it's good stuff. Uh, I, I will say as well, doing that means that we we have more space with the flashbacks. Because you know, obviously, the the danger with flashbacks is you feel trapped into doing them, mm-hmm. and you run out of interesting things to say. Here, okay, let's say they they feel like they're running out of what they want to say with June's flashbacks. Mm. Okay, here we go. We've just introduced a whole new character that we can say whole new things with. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, so no, there you go. Uh, hell, it would even surprise me because we actually we did get that one episode. Remember of uh, Serena Joy's flashbacks last we season, did, yeah. and that was a big deal. I wonder if we'll get more of hers at some point this this season. Uh, yeah, quite possibly. Uh, or whoever else uh, we could possibly think of, but no. Uh, but still... what I really want is Aunt Lydia's. Oh, we could get that. I could see that happen. I could see it, and and I think that would be fascinating to see her journey, and what she was like before that made her into this. Like, because we do, because all the other ones, we we, we kind of have vague bits of information. Whereas I don't know anything about. I feel her like the, the more obvious route to go down with her is that she had a pretty crappy life for, before, and this is making her feel important than she was, you know, more important than she yeah. was before. So she's getting off on the fact that she feels that she's a part of something big and important. Yeah, quite possibly. That she's prominent. That she's not just. Uh, whereas you know everyone else we're seeing for, for you know varying degrees had good lives. I mean. In fact, one of the things we forgot to talk about last episode uh, that we should have brought up was the fact that uh, June and and Luke had actually decided to have a second baby. 
Like they, they actually yeah, had that, that flirtatious moment. Like, hey, let's have another baby. And you, you almost feel it at the end of the episode when you see the thing in Washington. It's like, okay, this is a bad idea. Let's not bring anyone Yeah, not, not, not into this world. Yeah, the timing is not right for this at all. Um, so, so no. Uh, but no, the episode was really good. Uh, season is really good so far. No, no reason to question that this season might not, you know, won't be up to the same standards as season one. Uh, heartbreaking and stuff. Uh, someone pointed out actually the the driver of the the, the you know the, the the food van, the frozen van. Yeah. Uh, last episode was actually the same butcher from season one that helped her at the, the counter, which makes a lot of sense. Actually, it, it does. It, I'll, I'll be honest, it's been so long. Oh yeah, I couldn't remember his face at all. Like, if you, yeah. uh, you, you you could have put them on a lineup. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to, to pick him nah, up. Nah, it's been too long since I've seen his face, but that's, that's a cool touch. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so, no, uh, good stuff. Uh, so, that, that is uh, Hammy's Tale episode 2 of season 2. Let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, over at patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. Uh, you can do that over there. And one final point, actually. I just <laughs> one final point. Just yeah, bring it on me. We, we always talk about the close-ups with June. I noticed there was a lot more wide shots in the building because she was on her own and it was big and empty. And it was really yeah. pointing out how alone she was now. It's it's like, look at all yeah. this space, yeah. Because like, obviously she's never really had the the freedom of space. Yeah, ex- exactly. So I was just I, I thought that was worth mentioning the, the difference in style looking at her because she's in this new situation. So anyway, really cool stuff. So uh, thanks very much for watching. Keep watching TV, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. Have you got any vanilla?